The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgie and Gray. Yeah, right, lads? How are you? How are you? Bit warm, like. Bit <laughs> fucking warm. Just a bit. <laughs> and I don't do too well in the warm. I think it's been about 28 or 29 degrees down in London town today. How Has it been hot up there? Yeah, it's been pretty warm. I think it was been about 21, 22 it felt like a hot 21, 22. Oh, did it? Yeah. So it yeah. felt more like it, what, a 28 and a 29, did it? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's been proper humid, like, the last couple of days here, man. It's been not nice. <laughs> Sweat. Even though we're, like, always like, oh, we could do with some more sunshine in this country. And then it comes and everyone goes, no, take it away. <laughs> My skin. <laughs> yeah. Never happy for the weather. Never Checking it down, happy. not happy. Blazing sunshine, not happy. <laughs> As soon as you get like two or three days of sunshine, you're like, oh yeah, we could do some with some rain to, to really wash it all out, you know. Wash what out? What do you mean? The garden needs <laughs> it. What do you fucking mean? As if we're all meteorologists or something. Sure, the fur curb. Good to break it up with some rain. <laughs> anyway, it's boiling and I can't stand it. <laughs> it's been a while. I think it's been three weeks probably by the time we get this one out since we last released our episode. Our last episode was our Keep Learning Sell for the end of our second full season of recording as TOTT Podcast. So if you want to go and check that out, I would very much advise that you do on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you fucking find your podcasts. But we're back, and we're back with kind of one of our standalone episodes. If you follow us on Twitter, you will have seen that we've been running our awards or our votes for our end-of-season awards show. So this, da-da-da-da, welcome to the TOTT end-of-season awards show. We'll get on to that in a bit, but before we do... Hodge, what's been your highlight in life since we last recorded? What have you been up to? <laughs> highlight in life? Fucking hell. That's an interesting one. Um, I guess, I, uh, was it this season? No, nah, it's been three weeks, Hodge. Last season that I started my new job. Yeah, man, what's been oh, the last three fucking weeks? I thought you meant from like, the whole season. I was like, Christ nah, alive. man. Nah. Absolutely fucking nothing, because I've just been working. All right. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> all right. I kind of had this more so with myself and Grey in mind. Now that we've got Hodge out of the way, Gray, what's been your highlight since we last recorded? Certainly not turning 31, but going to New York for my birthday was uh, certainly... There's a thing that sounds exciting. See, Hodge, 
take notes. Oh, book a holiday. It's usually the other way around, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Usually I've really got to extract the fucking blood from the stone with Grey, but okay, so you went to New York. How long are you there for? Four nights, five days. What was the best thing you did in New York? Probably eat a lot of food. Sounds like a good holiday to me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Even when you have something, you make it so fucking difficult, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> did you do anything of note? Anything in particular that stands out? I don't know. Go to any sporting events or go to any tourist attractions? I really shouldn't have to do this for you, Greg. But... <laughs> uh, did, 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 did a lot of tourist attractions to the okay. Natural History Museum, which was just massive and spent about an hour in there seeing the dinosaurs went to M&M store and spent a, oh, spent a load mate. and I've done nothing but eat chocolates since I come back <laughs> as soon as I saw that on your Instagram story I vowed to give you a, a big old slap round the head do you not enjoy the black and white M&M's though? no who goes to fucking New York and goes to M&M world come on it's like the cultural fucking capital of the fucking world and you go into M&M world and buying a bag cultural of sweets capital. New York, are you having a fucking joke? Yeah, what, uh, well, in terms of different cultures, isn't it? Um, a cultural melting pot. <laughs> New York, there is so much to fucking do and see and eat. And you went to M&M World. I'm fuming at you for that. But uh, I'm glad you had a good time anyway. <laughs> anyway, thanks for asking. Since we last recorded, I also turned 31. Well, hey. Uh, Happy birthday to you. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thank you. Great, that's to you as well, yeah. It's a very uneventful age. Like, what the fuck is 31? It feels like you've had your big 30 out of the way and now you're just going through the motions until you die. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, like, yeah. not quite to the same level as Grey, but I went away for my birthday to Cornwall, went down to St. Ives for a few days, took the dog and the missus, and it was lovely. Absolutely fucking boiling down there, but managed not to get burned, which was good. So, yeah, that's what we've been up to. So, Grey, New York, me, Cornwall, Hodgy, fuck all. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Right. Anyway, let's get on to it. So, as I say, we're back and we're back. We're going to try and keep you all updated over the summer months until we're back with some big transfer news. But on the topic of transfer news, it's actually quite a good time to be recording, isn't it? Excuse me, I'm about to burp. Excuse me. No, he died there. Not long past on your 31st birthday. Wow. The Grim Reaper stood right outside my fucking window. <laughs> Tapping on the foot. It's not my time. Recording yet, Will? I'm too young to die. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sorry, on the topic of transfers, a very, very exciting one. As we're recording and as we're speaking on the 22nd of Juin, which is June for all you uncultured plebs out there, we look as if we're just about to sign Sandro Tonali from AC Milan a defensive midfielder who is actually playing as well at the time of recording as the captain of the Italian under-21 team, currently drawing 1-1 with a very talented France side. But anyway, yes, Sandro Tonali, AC Milan, centre midfielder. I think it's in the region of about 70 million euros is what I've been seeing on Twitter and on the news articles and all that. But fucking hell, what a good signing, Gray. Do you want to kick us off and give us your thoughts on the, the Sandro Tonali imminent, hopefully, signing? Yeah, but I thought he was 23, so I don't know how he's playing for me in the 21s. All this exciting news, and you want to immediately start on a technicality <laughs> of some sort. Well, well, he is playing, and he's 23. I think they're allowed a certain number of players over the age of 21. You're allowed two, I think. Uh, yeah. And they tend to be the captain. So for like France, I think they've got a guy called Maxime Kakare, who's like 23 as well. But anyway, back to the exciting news, if you could. And moving in the right direction, isn't it? I think we cried out for midfielders, especially at the end of last year in Italian International, AC Milan. And he just looks a, a solid player. 
just watching a few clips of him on YouTube there, he seems to love love a big tackle and oh. so he just seems to get muscled <laughs> off the ball easily. So yeah, I mean it'd be interesting to see how he gets on in the Premier League. And yeah, it'd be good competition for probably Longstaff, I imagine. Fucking hell. Competition for Longstaff. I think it's the other way around. I think Longstaff will be competition for Tonali. I'd just like to immortalise Gray's summing up of Sandro Tonali as I say, a 70 million rated midfielder as he loves a big tackle. Get that just printed out and immortalised. That would be great. But Hodge, I mean, Champions League experience, a defensive-minded player, I think plays in that number six or potentially eight role, can play in a double pivot I've seen, but also can play as kind of like a standalone defensive midfielder. Exactly what we were calling out for, right? And potentially something that'll allow Bruno to push up the field a little bit more? Yeah, definitely what we need. And I think that key word of Champions League experience or has played in the Champions League is really going to solidify our ambitions and also maybe give some reassurance to people who might be in the squad thinking, holy shit, this is like pinnacle of my career. He might be able to offer some sort of advice when travelling away to these teams and given a bit more well, it's hard to say that he's going to coach them because he's 23 and he's younger than a lot more people in the squad, but it's a massive thing of getting someone with that experience at such a young age and obviously under-21 captain of Italy and has played 14 games to the proper full-blooded side as well. That's fantastic. We're getting people in with real good heads on their shoulders. The spine's looking fantastic now. Botman, 23-year-old, him coming in, 23 Isaac's going to take over Wilson at some point and he's, I think he's 23 as well. So Kins, yeah. that's, that's magic, that, isn't it? Yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly there. There's this term going around which is kind of like those elite players and taking our squad up to those elite playing levels now that we're back in the Champions League. But you're, you're absolutely right in that we have kind of a spine of elite level players that are going to take us to the next level but also have that longevity in them that they're hopefully going to be around for a while and they're going to be a basis for us to build on and continue to build on and strengthen. I think a week before that we've been rumoured to be in for Nicolo Barella as well from Internacional. I don't think in hindsight really there was much to that and especially now that given that we're in for Tenali and that that looks like it's going to be happening and hopefully by the time we release that he will be a full-on signed Newcastle United player who we, of course, are all now going to call Tunali, Sandro Tunali, which is great. Um, But yeah, I think a really welcome addition to the team and it really bolsters that midfield. If you look back at like 18 months ago where our midfield was, we've gone from signing players like Jeff Hendrick to having a midfield that's going to be flush with Bruno Guimaraes, Joe Linton, who in our absence, obviously won his first couple of full international caps for Brazil. Got uh, Sandro Tunali with... And scored in his debut, yeah, joins an illustrious group. Joe Willock, Sean Longstaff. We're going from quite a weak central midfield lineup to a selection of players that are really up there with the best in Europe. And I think that's very, very exciting. Hodge, do you have a point? Yeah, I was going to say, it's been quite funny how we've touted about with like Madison for so long. Mm. And then he's um and um dodd and looks to be moving to Spurs and we've just gone, right then? Okay, we're just going to sign this guy for 70 million euros instead. Like, <laughs> no bother, son. Like, everything's pre planned. They've obviously got a list of people who they just want to target straight away. And I'd love to be privy to the information of the top 10 names on that sheet because it would be some very exciting names. 
Yeah, I think we have to be careful. Like a lot of, as we always do as Newcastle United fans, especially on social media, we kind of manifest player signings and push them on ourselves and kind of like obsess about them in our own minds so that we can only be disappointed when we don't bring players in. But, you know, Tonali came absolutely out of the blue. No one was expecting it. And it looks like it's going to happen really quickly, just like it did with Bruno. And I'd love if we can continue to do business like that. And you can let all the weirdos on Twitter in the Twitter sphere kind of come up with their weird names and say, I've heard a rumor and all these in the know accounts do their (laughs) own thing. Great. Here's an interesting question for you. Tonali would represent the sixth Italian, not necessarily full Italian international to play for Newcastle United, but he, he would be the sixth player. Um, can you name any of the others? Let's see how far you can get. And Hodge can pick up the scraps, maybe. I think there's three on there that would be fairly easy to get and two that may be a little more difficult. Santon is one. Correct. Davide Santon. And now I'm struck. <laughs> <laughs> Hodge, actually, do you want to chip in if you, if you know any that, that are immediately on your heed? Uh, Giuseppe Rossi. Correct, Giuseppe Rossi, yes, was on loan from Manchester United. Pistone, was he Italian? Alessandro Pistone, he was, yes. One's really difficult, one was kind mm-hmm. of in more modern times. 2009, we got him on loan from Monaco. What other ones were there? Was there like some really old ones as well, I'm guessing? No, it was one in 2008, 2009, uh, called Fabio Zamblera who I think oh, was maybe no. just a, no, a, younger, a younger lad. Exactly. I remember the name having looked at it, but yeah. Not Scooby on that one. <laughs> I don't think he ever made a full appearance for us. And the last one, I think he was a left back from Monaco, signed him on loan. It was like a deadline day deal. I don't think anyone's heard of heard of him since. Antonio Barreca. Who? <laughs> so yes, really exciting news. Hopefully, again, we've got to keep caveating it with hopefully on the, the transfer front, we can get Tonali done. And then we can move on to the next position, which I would hope would be left back and an attacking midfielder. Gray, would, would you agree with those two positions that we need to strengthen? Yeah, I think they're the ones we certainly highlighted in the sell, loan, keep episode. And yeah, I think left back certainly is a priority. And I mean, you mentioned Madison and he's a completely different player to Tenali. So who knows, he may still make an appearance in a black and white shirt but like you say I'm not too sure if we actually want him I think his true colours have been shown so it'll be interesting to see like Hodge says who else is on that list and who we'll make a move for in the I imagine the coming days uh, before pre-season and things kicks off Mm. I mean not only is Tonali playing tonight for Italy under 21s he's just assisted a goal with an amazing free kick so ooh, very exciting times anyway that's enough about Sandro Tonali big up Tonali uh, we're on to now the end of season awards show ba ba da ba We were running some polls on our Twitter account, which seems like a good time for a plug. You can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, and on Facebook and YouTube by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. So yes, we were running some polls on our Twitter account. We all decided on five awards for the end of season award show. So to go through in order, we have our most improved player award. We have our signing of the season award. We have our goal of the season award. We have our unsung hero and we have our player of the season, which is the big one. And weirdly it was the tightest on the voting. Um, So what we did, Gray Hodge and I picked a three person or three choice shortlist 
for you guys at home to vote on. So thank you for everyone that voted on the polls. And now we'll go through a quick summary of each of those awards. We'll go through the nominees and then we'll announce the winner, which is potentially no surprise to anyone because the results were very much visible on our Twitter. Anyone else wearing a tux? Or just me? <laughs> I am, yeah, but I'm only wearing the top half. <laughs> <It's> so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in my pants below, yeah. So tux on the top and then nothing below. So without further ado, welcome to the Talk of the Tune end of season awards. First up, we've got our award for the most improved player. So the player whose performance has stepped on the most this year under Eddie Howe, Jason Tindall, the coaching staff's stewardship. And I think it was a fairly straightforward list of nominees. Hodge, I don't know if you want to kind of announce the, the, the three player shortlist that we came up with and kind of the thought process behind those players. Yeah, for sure. Number one, Fabian Shaw, really has come into his own this season. I think he's really taken well to playing alongside Sven Botman and, and Trippier. I think they've helped him just release him a little bit of pressure so he doesn't think he has to do absolutely everything. So it's not necessarily he's improved. I suppose it's the team improved and it's made him look better. Mm. But he needs to be celebrated for what he's done this season and what he's brought to us, which has been a, a very, very solid centre-back and a bit of a threat when he does decide to push forward. So Fabian Shaw was number one. Jacob Murphy... I think everyone can see that he's come on absolute leaps and bounds this season, scoring absolute rockets, which we'll get to a little bit later on because he's in another award later on. He's just been fantastic. And to have someone who is part of the club and has been a fan of the club for years, it's great. And speaking about another fan of the club and a person that's been with the club for so long, Sean Longstaff was our our last nominee. It's been said a, a couple of times on this podcast it's been interesting to see us actually being like, fucking hell, we need Sean Longstaff back in the team. Yeah. And yeah. that's been one of the main reasons that we put him into that because he has absolutely changed people's opinions about his work rate, his defensive ability. And even sometimes when he's been on the ball, it's actually been quite good. And he grabbed himself a goal this season. An important goal as well in the semi-final, wasn't it? We got two goals, didn't he? Sean Longstaff against Southampton. Yeah, really, really stepped up this year. They all have. I mean... As Hodge, as you said, um, Fabian Cher, you know, playing Lexa Botman, it's allowed him to kind of open up his creative side a little bit more. Some of his diagonal passes have been fantastic. His distribution has been great. And uh, let's not forget that absolute thunder bastard he scored at the beginning of the season against uh, Nottingham Forest as well. Jacob Murphy, yeah. If anything, just for his pure shithousery this year, yeah. he's been a <laughs> he's been that, a bit yeah. of a yeah a bit of a cult figure for us, like really kind of boosting the morale and and really kind of you know he's not going to play week in week out, but his contributions have been absolutely vital. And then we've got Shawnee Longstaff, who yes, as you say, we love to hate him, but as soon as he's out of the team, uh, we we really miss it. So Hodge, without further ado, would you like to announce who our followers voted <laughs> for us? Newcastle United's most improved player this season. With 50% of the vote. Pause for drum roll, yeah. <laughs> it is Sean Longstaff. Hey, round of applause, everyone. Well done, Sean, lad. And to think we were going to sell him for 50 million quid to Manchester United a few years ago. <laughs> I mean, it's just a drop in the ocean compared to what he's fucking worth now, isn't it? Uh, Gray, deserved a winner, do you think? Absolutely. And I think just to turn around, sat in the stadium of people crying out for him at the end of the season, just like we're half a team without Sean on the pitch was just, I don't know, it's surprising because the amount of stick he got even in the first half of the season, I feel is a little bit unjust. But yeah, he certainly won the fans over and yeah, very much deserved. 
Absolutely. I'd love to know the number of miles that that boy has racked up this year on the Newcastle United pitch. But yes, very well deserved, Sean Longstaff. I mean, we'll put your trophy in the post or something. <laughs> or when we next see you, we'll, we'll give you it or whatever, yeah? Next up, quite an exciting one on the topic. We've obviously been talking about Sandro Tonali earlier in the episode, but next up, we've got our award for the signing of the season. So I went to Hodge for the first award. Gray, would you like to introduce the nominees for the signing of the season, please? Yeah, so first of all, we've got Nick Pope. In the middle of our goal. (laughs) Yeah, so first of all, we've got Nick Pope, who we signed from relegated Burnley and a very shrewd bit of business. I think, did he come mm. in for 10 million or there, thereabouts? 10 million quid, yeah. An absolute steal for an England international goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Second on the list, we've got Sven Botman. We were tasked with him immediately after the takeover, really, mm-hmm. to the January transfer window. And he finally put pen to paper in the summer and again, just bolstered our defence massively and has been pivotal at times this season and finally our marquee signing of the year I suppose uh, Alexander Isak I think his stats speak for themselves out for part of the season through injury but has popped up with some incredible goals very skillful and yeah just really excited to see what comes from him in the future especially in the Champions League well to fail all three of them I think yeah really exciting prospects for the team going forwards yeah, we talked about kind of that spine or that elite spine of players. Funny, I would class all of these players and all of these signings now within that kind of elite spine and that that great spine that we have in the team to build around. Yeah, Nick Pope's been fantastic this year. He's been right up there with the best goalkeepers in the league and I'd argue in the world this year. Obviously, there's been the moments of madness like against Liverpool, but we all expect that every once in a while. Svenny Botman, what was he, 35 million quid? Pinched him right under the noses of AC Milan, so they won't be too happy with us, especially following the uh, the signing of Tonali. Yeah, he's been an absolute man-mountain, hasn't he? Call-up now to the full Netherlands squad. Just came from Lille, totally out of the blue. Great player. And then obviously you've got, as Grace said, our, our transfer record in Alexander Izak, who scored some unbelievable goals this season. And really chipped in, despite, as you say, great, missing some big portions of the season since coming in. So, Les, um, you've introduced it. Would you like to now announce who the winner, according to our followers, of the Signing of the Season Award is, please? Absolutely. With 44% of the votes and 5 cents ahead of Nick Pope, Ben Botman. Round of of applause. Well done, Sven. Unsurprising, I think, Hodge, given his contribution this year and his consistency this year? Uh, Not at all. 36 games and only two yellow cards for a centre-back in a very competitive league, I think, speaks. Mad that. It's just just great. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. He's our best best signing as a a defensive player for a, a good while. And we paid good money for him as well. And I don't mind that because of the return that he's given us has been fantastic. A couple of rocky points, but you can overlook them with his overall performance. I think so. Low lights, I think, probably being against Brentford. Just out of the top of my mind, when you absolutely halved one of their players to give away one of the most obvious penalties I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I think he scored a, an own goal. Did he score an own goal in the Carabao Cup final as well? 
Was I think that, it went oh, I think down. Deflected off yeah, yeah, it was yeah, harsh, yeah. But wasn't it? obviously, it's yeah. not a yeah, it's not a like a proper stupid own goal. But you know, any blots on his record. Yeah, so Sven Botman, forty-four percent of the vote. Uh, again, your trophy will be in the post. Just drop us a note, send us your address, and we'll make sure to put that in the post straight away. <laughs> Nick Pope coming in second with 39%. Yeah, what a shrewd piece of business that's been. We've really got our money's worth out of Nick Pope. Great player. Absolutely massive as well, Lake. And then Alexander Isak, 17% of the vote. I think, I don't know what contributes to that. Obviously, he's been a fantastic signing, but I think there's a few points you have to consider. One, obviously, the fact he was more than 60 million quid, whereas the other two have come in relatively cheap. And also... Uh, through no fault of his own, but through injury, uh, Isaac's missed kind of big portions of the season. But when he has been available, he's been fantastic. So, yes, very well done, Svenny Botman. Uh, clap, 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 clap. <laughs> right. Um, I guess I should probably do the next award, shouldn't I? And we'll do it that way. That, that way I do the least amount of talking, hopefully. So our next award, our next award is for goal of the season. ba 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 I don't know if you guys agree, but we've been absolutely flush for choice with goals of the season. We have scored so many goals this season and we've scored so many brilliant goals as well. Again, this is very much our choice, the choices that we've gone for, but some of the goals that haven't made it on the list would be like Sam Maximan's goal against Wolves when he takes that volley on the edge of the box. Uh, we talked about it before. Uh, Fabian shares Thunder Bastard against Nottingham Forest. What else? Uh, Wilson's Miggies. curved effort yeah, against yeah. Everton. Everton and also Isaac's goal against Brentford where yeah. he kind of just sets himself and smashes it. Any of the goals really against West Ham when we smashed them 5-1. <laughs> um, and then what's the other one? Like Miggy's goal against Leicester when we, when he just kind of runs through the entire team. But also Miggy's goal against Tottenham as well when he kind of just turns Clement Longley inside out as well. There's been some fucking amazing goals this season. So it's this has arguably been one of the most difficult nominations list to choose from. But what we have gone with is Miguel Almiron's goal against Fulham. I think a bit of interplay just outside the box. Bruno dinks it over. And I think with the outside of his left foot, he volleys the ball as it's dropping over his shoulder. I mean, we've all fucking seen it. I don't really need to explain it too much, but he volleys it into the corner of the Fulham goal. And I think he even probably surprised himself uh, in that instance. So that was my pick for goal of the season. Hodgie, we've come in with your pick, which was Jacob Murphy's goal against Tottenham Hotspur. Yep. Given that it was your nomination, would you like to talk us through it? It was just a strike that completely summed up that first 20 minutes. It was just like, what the fuck has just happened? Like, And it's not necessarily just for his goal. It was for what, what it basically signed off. Yeah, A, a fantastic run of play by Newcastle in one 20-minute, 20 25-minute period. Surprised himself, didn't he, as well? Yeah. His face <laughs> afterwards was, was fucking amazing. And then the third one, Gray, this was your choice. Jacob Murphy again is credited with the goal, and who knew Jacob Murphy would feature twice on a <laughs> on a on a goal of the season awards nominee list? But yes, Jacob Murphy is credited with the goal, but Alexander Isak really gets the credit for this goal against Everton, where he basically turns the Everton team inside out, doesn't he? Yeah, and I mean, I think we probably all remember this like it was yesterday. This is just one of those goals which will live long in the memory. But yeah, he picks it up just inside the Everton half and just attacks a byline and somehow manages to beat four or five Everton players along the byline towards the goal. And I just remember him turning Tarkowski inside out and making him look stupid. I think there's a little deflection in there, but puts on a plate for him basically just to absolutely fire at home from a yard out. And mm. 
his skill in that was just out of this world, really. And I think we all talked about it possibly being the greatest assist we've possibly ever seen in our lifetime or in our memory anyway. Hodge will come in here and go, oh, it wasn't really a fucking assist. Well, technically, it's wrong, wrong, wrong. Just give it him. Can you imagine if he just cut in and just banged it in as well? Everyone would oh. have just went mental. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been fantastic. I mean, the like of that goal and skill, I don't think we've seen for a long time, probably not since the days of Hatem Ben Arthur. So it's great to see that back. Uh, and a fantastic goal. So there's the three goals. When it comes to the winner, there can only be one. In third place, with 15% of the vote, we've got Hodgie's option, which is Jacob Murphy's uh, outside-the-box shot against Spurs. Second place, with 36% of the vote, is that Murphy and Isaac goal against Everton, which means the 49% of the vote, and I'm quite chuffed with this, actually, because it was my candidate. Ha, 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 ha. I didn't influence the voting at all. You'll be free to hear was Miguel Almiron's goal and his kind of outside of the foot volley against Fulham, which is very, very well deserved. So well done, Miguel. Well done, lad. Who knew Miguel Almiron, given where he was 18 months ago, two years ago, would be popping up with, what was it, 11 goals this season? And one of them being our goal of the season. What a turnaround for him. Right, so that's three awards. There's two to go. But I think before we do, we will go to a quick break. So we will see you in a second. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Right, and we're back. And just before I went to that break, I realised that I didn't do the plugs for the podcast. Well, I've done the socials already, but I should do the plugs for following us and all that gadgy shite. But uh, you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, Bit Rusty, who've not done this in a while. We would appreciate it if you could give us a follow and a five-star rating or review. Helped us very much. And I think that's just about it then. Give us a follow. Thank you. We're back with our penultimate award. And the penultimate award was probably an almost landslide award here, actually. And this was for the Unsung Hero Award. So the Unsung Hero of this season. And Hodge, I think you were the big driver of this award. So it'd be great if you could just give it a quick introduction and go through the nominees. No worries. Unsung Hero is basically someone or a group of people or anything that basically brought life to the club outside of the playing coach and stuff. The first nominee was Newcastle's social media team. They've been a complete breath of fresh air. They've been keeping the shithousery alive uh, throughout all the season and bringing people's spirits up when it needed to be the most, which is what this award is all about. Then we also have Darren Eels has come in at the club and just basically made the engagement 10 times better for the fans. He's implemented changes in the ground. He's implemented changes on match day experiences and when we've been going away. I think he was in 
attendance at one of the pubs in London for the for the Wembley final. He was, um, yeah. <laughs> which is which is fantastic. And he was there just shouting, singing songs, getting involved with everyone. So very much a big clubman. Didn't expect anything less because what he did at um, Atlanta and it's been proven as past that he is a very passionate person for football uh, and obviously our club now. And then we had war flags for being our 12th man, the 13th man, 14th man this season with their fantastic displays that have been getting bigger and bigger and bigger and their fundraising efforts has been fantastic. Uh, so that was our three nominees and an absolute landslide victory was... War flags with eighty-three percent of the votes. Well done, Whoa, war flags. Well done, Darren war flags. got ten percent, and the NUFC social media team got seven percent. But by no means that they are discounted from what we think of them. They've been fantastic. It's just war flags have just literally raised their game tenfold. You see other teams try and do flag displays now and call their flag displays big. Nothing has it on us at the minute. We are the one to watch. I mean, that display at the final home game of the season was just fantastic. I mean, I think at one point we had three full stands worth of flags out and about, didn't we? The surfer flags, the individual flags, some of the creativity of the flags has been amazing, hasn't it, Gray? You've been there a few times this season to witness it for yourself. Yeah, and I mean, that last display was, like you say, just something else. That surfer flag, which had every one of the playing staff and some of the key members of the coaching team on there, just the, the flags literally all around the stadium and we got a pretty good vantage point from the, the Melbourne sand to see it all but it was just incredible and each week it's one of the highlights of the game as exciting as us having a great team playing good football winning games actually just walking out into the ground and just seeing what war flags have got their sleeves that week just adds to the whole excitement and the expectation on match day and yeah, I mean, just to take it to Wembley as well. And I think so many people have said just Wembley hasn't seen anything like that before. We showed Manu up that day, didn't we? <laughs> the, the panic 100%. in Man United. Yeah. What do they do? Give them all scarves? Didn't yeah. they give them all bucket hats as well in the FA Cup final? I think yeah, you saw I think that. So, yeah. so I think they got some catching up to do, like, but just incredible effort from all of them. And just even at the San Fandy gates, like, War Flags were there and just. Yeah, just incredible how they brought into the club and the city as a whole and just doing everything they can. You could argue that uh, they're all kind of interlinked as well, all the nominations, because... Oh, I don't know if you heard that little yawn from Stan, my dog here. That wasn't me. Yeah, well, that's always the case. Just blame it on the dog, whatever it is. You could argue without war flags, you know, the social media wouldn't have had half the fucking content it did have this year. Without Darren Eels, War Flags probably wouldn't have that level of input or access to the club. So, yeah, a big team effort from all these different organisations, but ultimately War Flags, a very deserving winner. So well done, War Flags. Again, your trophy is in the post to you right now. Gray's going to sort all the shipping out, aren't you, Gray? I'll drop it off for them, you know. Cool, thank you. Because the stalker you are, you know where all these people live as well. Uh, Right, Speaking of Grey, Grey has the absolute honour and pleasure of announcing the winner of our final award, and arguably the biggest. So, the final award is for our Player of the Season. So, Grey, take it away, Bambino. Yeah, not sure what I've done to deserve this honour, but absolutely here we go. nothing. I think we could have picked from anyone in the squad, and yeah, this again was hotly Even debated. Chris Wood. In the, well, you know, he played his role moving to the forest and not scoring many goals for them. So, 
<laughs> getting injured very quickly. And, Jamal Lewis? Yeah. Again, played his role, you know. Ryan I mean, Fraser? <laughs> can't believe I can go on. Him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like any anyone who's played a considerable part of this season could have been up there. To narrow it down to three was, was difficult. And to get into the nominations, we've got Kieran Trippier, who, I mean, come in first signing under Eddie Howe and the new regime and just taking to it like a duck to water. Just seems to be loving life, born leader and is just driving the club in the right direction. Second, we've got the man who is reborn against Norwich last year, Joe Linton in that midfield role. And again, similar to Longstaff and Murphy and them, just the turnaround he's had in his career in Newcastle has been monumental and where again just a, a weaker team without him and the fans are saying that as well they're not all questioning why we paid 40 million for him a few years ago finally we've got Callum Wilson who's popped up his best return ever in the Premier League scoring 18 goals and some again very important goals he had a little drive patch in the middle after the World Cup but came back and turned that around and was banging them in for fun really wasn't he it was indeed, and we're in a very fortunate position to be actually talking about a player of the season award for once and having this wealth of options to pick from, as you say, Gray. Each of them, in their own way, are very much deserving winners. You know, Kieran Trippier, who's become Captain Fantastic, as you say, born leader, part of that leadership group they talk about at Newcastle United, and as, as you say, has probably personified the Newcastle United since the takeover. Then we've got Joe Linton, earned his full call-up to the Brazil international squad. And of course, we've got Callum Wilson. Gray, you said, um, has been unfortunate with with injuries this season, but that hasn't stopped him at all bursting back from, well, I think it was probably since April, wasn't it? He banged in the majority of those 18 goals, just went on an unbelievable run, but still never got himself a fucking hat-trick. So (laughs) we'll hold out for that one next season, probably in the Champions League against Real Madrid. Gray, thanks so much for introducing. Would you like to now, in reverse order, announce the winner? It was very close between two, which was probably a little bit surprising. But yeah, in third place with surprisingly only 4% of the votes, which I think just shows how good a season the other two have had, is Callum Wilson. Well done, Mead. Before we go on, Hodge, I've just seen on WhatsApp that you do have a fact to do with Wilson. I do. It's quite a good one, actually. It can turn into a question if you really want it. The last time that someone scored more goals for Newcastle United than Wilson's 18, would you like to hazard a guess at who it was and what year it was? Ooh, that's a good question. Is it Big Al? There's two here, technically, because one's Premier League and one's Championship, if that gives you a bit of a hint. So it's probably going to say something like Andy Carroll in the Championship. championship. Yeah. Oh, Jinx, buy me a Coke. So Andy Carroll has scored 19 and it was 2009-2010, but he's not the most recent. And that was in the championship, that one. Oh, Papacice? Yeah, Denver nope. Bar or Cisse. Nope. Denver Bar? Two. Nope. Loic Remy? Nope. Fuck, is it more recent than that? Yep. 2016-17 season in the championship again. Oh, fucking championship. Yep. Was it Kevin Nolan? Nope. Pierre Lovengrans. Uh, Amiobi? Our boy Dwight Gale with 23. Oh, fuck yeah, of yeah. You have to go back to 2003-2004 with Shield with 19. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good fact. I've completely forgotten about what the fuck we're doing. Uh, so good luck bringing us back on track now, Gray. 
<laughs> I'd slip that one in there. It's not bad, is it? No, that's a good question. I like it. That's two questions so far we've had. We're going back to our roots of quizzing. Uh, right, so third place with 4%, we've got Callum Wilson. I think probably because he hasn't had as, much, as big an impact as the other two. But without further ado, I shall leave it to you. And then there's only 2% separating Kieran Trippier and Joe Linton. Oh. And just pipping Kieran Trippier is Joe Linton. Big J7. Great drum when you hated Joe Linton. I've always been I've always been a fan and I'm sure we've got recordings stashed away that says just that. So Well I'll tell you what you can do. For the first time ever you could go back and listen to our episodes <laughs> and you could you could tell us exactly when that happened, because until then I didn't believe you. I think it was Hodgie that had the master stroke, and I do remember getting this odd audio of moving Joe Lynn to the centre mid, didn't you, Hodge? Thanks for listening. Listen to Ciao, Eddie Hogue. And look what it's done. So really, Joe Linton's got you to thank for his, all his successes now, Hodge. Well, Gray's, Gray's really believed in him, though, so it's it's all about that. It's all about the, the good vibes, as he keeps, the good yeah, as he keeps saying. I mean, someone out of the 50,000 fans in the stadium had to believe in him, <laughs> didn't they? So, uh... You're okay, lad, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry. Uh, I mean, it's been an absolute meteoric rise since that simple position. Under Bruce, he was playing up front, wasn't he? He was playing on that left-hand side, but... When you boil him down, he's just a real kind of breaker up of plays and he grain, a bull winner, and he wants to get forward. And it's very difficult to get out of the reach of Joe Linton. He is just a, an absolute battler and he just fits into our midfield and leasing up with Willick on that left hand side so, so well. You had some good facts in actually, Gray, you put in the chat. I did. Oh, yeah, go on. Joe Linton was apparently the only player in Europe's top five leagues last season to record 40 or more. In the following categories, he made 70 tackles, 48 interceptions, 53 successful dribbles, 51 shots, although we won't mention how many goals he scored, <laughs> and he won 66 aerial duels. Speaks for itself, doesn't it really? Just those those numbers. Mm. You could add, add another one to that as well, is the shot to be hit in your forehead as you as it's travelling towards the goal. <laughs> the against, but when he had a shot, he just went dunk. Straight off his forehead. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been fantastic this season, which totally masks all the fucking howlers that he has had. I remember missing an open goal against Southampton away as well, but we forget about those because he's been so fantastic. Now, Gray, say thank you to Newcastle Fans TV for all those facts. Thank you. So yes, the third place, Callum Wilson. Second place, Kieran Trippier, who I think we've probably waxed lyrical enough about him this season. has been absolutely fantastic. Goal contributions, chances created, amazing set-piece taker, amazing leader, great captain. Also has Champions League experience, so it'll be invaluable next season. Great player to have. But Joe Linton, very much a deserving winner of our Player of the Season award. Well done, lad. Right, fucking hell. That just about wraps us up for our end-of-season awards show that no one gives a shit about, but it's been very (laughs) fun to do, and it's been great to get the engagement of our followers and fans on Twitter as well. So thanks again to everyone that voted in the polls. We'll be sure to do it again next season, depending on how many listeners we get on this one. Um, So keep an eye out for that. In terms of keeping you updated with all your Newcastle United-related podcasts. I think we do have another couple of episodes planned, don't we, over the next few weeks. We shall keep shtum, won't let the cat out the fucking bag quite yet. But keep an eye out on Twitter and on ACAST. 
you know, Spotify and Apple Podcasts for a new release. Um, but I think that just about wraps it up. Does anyone have anything to say before we go, before we see them in another three or four weeks? Ah, well done, everyone Did who you? won awards, I suppose. We'll be in yeah. touch. <laughs> it's definitely what they're calling out for, isn't it? All these multi-millionaire footballers, our <laughs> our poxy little fucking awards. They could put it on their mantelpiece next to the fucking <laughs> championships, winners, medals and all that. <laughs> but yeah, that's been quite a fun one. We are looking forward to recording again. And mm-hmm. I think that's everything. So we will see you in the next one. See you later. Bye. Now. Gray, you never say bye. It said he bye. Did. Did, did he? He said bye. Yeah, yeah. Ah, sounded like Hodge then. Anyway, bye. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.